Yeah. Sure. Alright, enough of the squeaking, enough of the clawing, enough of the cloying, enough of the sticking of the scrotum to the inside of the thigh, enough of the peeling back of the socks sodden from the wet shoes, enough of the scraping of the neck oil from the inside of the jacket collar, enough of the screeching, enough of the shrieking, enough of the yodeling enough of the nonsense i am here five minutes late fucking shoot me all right okay please put the ar-15 to my temple blow my little brains into oblivion look we're here okay fine another week Another week at the coalface of the tabloid news. Another week staring gaily into the abyss. Staring nonchalantly at the face of God. We're here. We're back. There's some deeply infuriating stuff. Look, I'm fine. Five minutes late. So what? I was listening to Bad Barbie. And then I'd realised that I had nothing plugged in. And so I had to plug the stuff in. The microphone sat behind the computer. I had to rearrange the microphone in front of the computer. The headphones uh, were unplugged, so they had to be plugged in. Uh, very distressing uh, follow-up to a family that I've covered on the show for many, many years. Very bad tooth-to-gum ratio. Really just some iffy stuff. Um, there were bits and bobs that had to be done. Like, the beer's nearly finished. That's not good. Mm-hmm. The beer's now finished. I've got Haley on WhatsApp accusing me of having an emotional affair. Why are you out every Tuesday? Every Tuesday night? And then you leave early some mornings. You know, what is this quote-unquote podcast? What is this quote-unquote radio show? You're having an emotional affair with somebody, she says. I mean, listen. Can she not tell? This is the the death rattle of a man's last dying embers of creativity as the world chokes the life out of what was once so pure, so in tune with what was going on, so relevant. I was once so relevant for a period of approximately four months in 2010. Such relevance. Such, wow. Have you heard that one, that one guy? That sure is the sound of right now. And possibly even some of the future. And then three months later, old hat. Still been downhill since there. But I wouldn't have it any other way, you know. (laughs) God, this is really not the ideal situation. Listen. Broke boys don't know. They really don't. It, it, look, it's Tuesday. It's the 16th of May. Eight minutes past eight. Fucking coffee and memes, mate. Steady job and a couple extra potatoes. That's all I want. You're getting on. You're pushing 30, Sluggy. You know, it's time to think about getting some ambition. Oh, I always figured I'd live a little bit longer without it. Don't forget, kid, that what you're trying to do here is to be bright and chipper and entertaining and, and intelligent and sort of glitzy and that's funny and it's 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 kind of cool and it's interesting and it's edgy and all of that it, it puts that facade of momentary charisma on you and if you don't play that out you actually fail Ladies and gentlemen, Coffee Memes here on Threshold.fm. Thank you to everybody who's been enjoying the uh, Van Life video up on the Instagram. Uh, Thank you to Jimmy Bud uh, for making it. Um, If you uh, want uh, videos captioned um, and humorous memes made, talk to your boy. He's the man with the goods. Um, That's done all right. That's the best one we've had so far. Let's uh, let's clocking up some numbers. Uh, who'd have thought the people out there would share my share my feelings of distaste 
uh, towards uh, the clearly very well-off uh, young lady pretending to live in a van uh, for likes. Who'd have thunk it? Anti-capitalist cafe is closing down after one year because it didn't make enough money. Who'd have goddamn thunk it? Oh no, is the state not giving you enough money to run your cafe? <laughs> this would never happen in Soviet Russia. Cafe, priding itself on being anti-capitalist, is closing down. Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. Um, as you know, this here at, here at Coffee Moons, we stand for nothing. But if we stand for anything, it's cold-blooded, pig-greedy capitalism. It is laissez-faire, you, sell your own children. Why can't I... <laughs> Why can't I sell my children on the open market? Laissez-faire capitalism. It's why why are there laws in place to stop me pimping out my own grandmother, you know, for cash capitalism. That's what we're after. We want you know grotesque levels of growth uh even at even at the cost of everybody's skin flesh and bones because as we all know growth is more important than happiness um money is more important than anything um cock is more important than balls ass uh is more important than <sighs> ass is probably more important than tits these days i think if you're being realistic you know i uh i think you're probably going to get further in life with uh Big ass, no tits, than big tits, no ass. Um, you know, that's... I guess if you want to talk about objective facts. Um, so, that, so, that is, so if anything... Um, so if this podcast stands for anything, it's ass, basically. It's the long and the short of that one. Um, Anti-capitalist cafe closing down because it didn't make enough money. So sad. Um, I cry every time. After just one year of operating, the eatery called The Anarchist... Uh, will be closing their doors. The cafe located, located in Toronto, Canada, shock horror, uh, will officially shut shop at the end of this month. Uh, owner, Gabrielle Sims Fuhr. <laughs> Gabriel, Gabriel Sims Fuhr. <laughs> Is this written by Lad GPT? I mean, come on has posted a message on the cafe's website that confirmed the sad news. Um, sad news. It's been amazing. Hope to see uh, lots of you between now and the end of the month uh, rallying. Rallying to squeeze every last fucking penny out of it by the end of the month, are we? Okay. Um, Gabriel. Gabriel with a double-bowed surname. Gabriel Sims Fuhr says, My darlings. It's been an amazing experience connecting with so many great community members, sparking desperately needed debate, raising the blood pressure of conservatives. <laughs> that includes you, anarcho-capitalists and libertarians. Uh, fulfilling the dream of most service workers by not having to tolerate the presence of professional class traitors, pigs and military, and experimenting with living and working in ways that don't enthusiastically embrace the pure misanthropy of capitalism. More. Unfortunately, the lack of generational wealth slash seed capital from ethically bankrupt sources left me unable to weather the quiet winter season. <laughs> or to grow in ways needed to be sustainable longer term. Oh, Gabriel! He sat on the Chelsea buns instead of eating them. Gabriel, the anarchist. Oh, Gabriel, the sorry anarchist. I, I glued myself to Daddy's Range Rover. That'll show the class. <laughs> that'll show the damn class traitor when he tries to go to work at the bank. A <laughs> cab, babe. Um, this is, I mean, it's, it has to be satire. It, oh, come on, man. The Daily Hive said, along with coffee 
and baked goods, patrons could also indulge themselves in a side of radical books, art, stickers, jewellery, clothing, and tote bags uh, while they were there. Sims 4 said when he opened the cafe that he hoped his anti-capitalist uh, business model would motivate people to think and ask about what that means. <laughs> I, I, I mean, what's anti-capitalist about? Were you not charging for anything? Was it all free? Terrible business model, if it is. You know, if you, you presumably know when you move into a, an establishment uh, that you have to, like, pay rents and rates and stuff. Um, he believed that every single employee, himself included, is paid the same, with all operational business decisions being made by consensus-based democracy free of managers and institutional hierarchy. Um... But the cafe concept is being criticised on social media for going against its own values. Some people attack the eatery for charging £5 for a coffee that costs 30 cents to make because they thought this was blatant capitalism. <laughs> Gabriel, the markup on this espresso is, is insane. Sure, it's the finest speciality Arabica blender I've ever tasted, but £5. Dollars, you rogue, comrade Gabriel, you utter rogue. Yeah, <laughs> he hit back and said that there was a pay what you can uh, drip coffee that anyone can order. Um, in his parting statement, Gabriel gave a shout out to everyone he's worked with since the since the opening. I would like to thank my partners, friends, and family for the huge amounts of support, aka donations, that they've bailed me out with for the last little while. Uh, without which I'd honestly be dead. Dead? Or at least unhoused by now. My awesome suppliers for providing me with the books, art, merch, uh, that I've been such a, that's been such a huge part of uh, what this place is. And all the customers who have given their very vocal, and of course financial, <laughs> support over the past year. The Anarchist has been a huge success in every way I hoped, apart from obviously actually being able to establish itself as a functioning business. I was deeply short-sighted of me in my ridiculous utopian idea that you could perhaps run a fucking business without making any money. And it's given me so much inspiration and education that I plan to use in future projects that hopefully won't fail on their ass like the one that this has. Well, Gabriel, I mean, God bless you. Um... This is, I mean, the hashtags that is used on uh, the Instagram posts are hilarious. Um, politics, radical, revolution, revolutionary, anarchist, anarchism, socialist, socialism, communist, communism, Marxist, Marxism, leftist, leftism, democracy, anti-capitalist, eat the rich, eat the rich, abolish work. Now there you go. This, this, this might be the problem. Just that one, with using one simple hashtag, you can work out why the cafe failed. Hashtag abolish work. People over profit. <sighs> problem is, as you've now discovered, Gabriel, you go have a balance. You have a balance of both people and profit because without the profit, or at least without breaking even, then I'm afraid there's nothing. Um, hashtag ACAB, hashtag 1312, hashtag be gay do crime. <laughs> um, sure, <laughs> I can't encourage that enough. Um, anti capitalism, hashtag land back, uh, hashtag books, hashtag uh, radical books, hashtag art, hashtag radical art, hashtag coffee, hashtag Toronto coffee. Um, one thing I will say is, uh, that looking at the collection of stuff they have a lot, the, quite a high level of graphic design, I would say, uh, for the Anarchist Cafe, um, which leads me further towards the notion that, now, call me a snob, but a high level of graphic design tends to mainly come from, uh, <coughs> The middle classes. So, look, there we go. Um, oh, he's uh, so just to have a quick breeze through the uh, the Anarchist Cafe's Instagram. He's uh, posting uh, some some comments from from the haters. Um, a message. 
Free market has been the best way in history to lift people out of poverty. Uh, glad you're out of business. North Korea is waiting for our souls like you. Fuck anarchists. Uh, fuck lazy entitled people. Fuck Satanists. Okay. Fuck your kind. Uh, your punishment will come in due time. I don't think it's anarchism that they're doing in North Korea. Uh, just, uh, just a th- sorry to have to jump in there with the well. Actually, I'm pretty sure it's the opposite of anarchism in in North Korea. Um, I'm pretty sure it's about as hardcore communist as it gets. See, the thing is, yeah, if you don't like, if you want to take a look at what like anarcho-communism actually looks like. There's a documentary on Netflix. I can't even remember what it's called, but it's basically about a place in America, it's in California in the desert, out in the middle of buttfuck nowhere in the desert, where it's, it's basically like, it's essentially Mad Max, out in like Death Valley style, you know, I think it's Southern California, and it's it's just like a fucking trailer park in the desert, yeah. That's just in this that is just completely outside of the sort of bounds of normal society, and it's just inhabited by like toothless, essentially toothless drug addicts and sort of misfits and freaks, for the want of a better term, living in what I guess you could describe as sort of anarcho-communism, where you know there's there's no you know, there's no governing body, there's no state, there's no rule of law. It's just sort of people existing um, and stealing things from each other, uh, occasionally sharing, but predominantly stealing things from each other and then accusing each other of stealing these things and then fighting. And that's, I mean, that's really the best example um, that there is of that because it's like, without the, you know, without the the sort of authoritarianism of, a, of of the state to 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 kind of take care of the communist side of things i mean you just have you just have people sort of trying to maybe do it off their own backs god you know how awful people are the fucking worst mate oh have you ever walked through a, sh- a shopping center on a saturday afternoon and just had a look at people oh have a look at that. They're oh, they smell. They wear hood-rich uh, hoodies and hood-rich tracky bottoms at the same time. And they they have a JD sports bag. Yeah, some of them wear UGGs. You know, some some of them that are wearing UGGs are men. You know, they're going to Costa Coffee. They're going to Wendy's. And and they they're carrying bags from Primark. You know, it, what what would anarcho communism look like if it was if it was all people that wore hood rich? You know, I mean, I appreciate they're two quite antithetical uh, ideals. I guess the ideal of being hood rich and the ideal of uh, narco-communism because um, I guess if you were hood rich and then I guess you you sort of made the I guess hood rich is kind of more a narco-capitalist versus you know the uh, what I guess an anarcho-communism doesn't wouldn't really really any brands you can point at really so, oh yeah that oh pff, super dry yeah Classic anarcho anarcho communist man. I mean, the sort of point of the uh, uh, anarcho communist is that you wouldn't have brands, right? You wouldn't have the corporations. You wouldn't um, you wouldn't have anything. Uh, you certainly wouldn't have a coffee shop after a year. You, but I, you know what? I I tell you, you get four or five geezers in hood rich sweatshirts and. Hood rich tracky bees. I swear to God, they'd keep they'd keep a coffee shop open for a year. You put you you put them in a coffee shop, not even in a prime position. You put them in a coffee shop on the side of a fucking motorway. They'll keep that bad boy open for twenty five years plus. They'd do your fucking pucker breakfast. They'd do a really decent. 
big old breakfast that you that will have that will come as soon as you order. You go up to the till, you order it. So can I have the uh, the gut buster breakfast, please? He goes, "What gut buster?" And uh, he doesn't write it down; just shouts it. And then, as soon as he's finished shouting it, he up onto the counter, which is unnervingly high. The counter is very high; it comes up to approximately your shoulders. Um, he slaps down a plate which has a buttered piece of white bread. Uh, it's really thick, like it's maybe two inches thick. Already been buttered; it's probably Marge. And that just comes slam straight down over to you. And then he doesn't ask you if you want tea or coffee. He just assumes it's tea. And there's an enormous, enormous urn which pumps out water that is hotter than you would actually think it would be possible to get water. You would think, no, surely if water's that hot, it just evaporates into steam. Yet somehow it's managed to have an urn that contains 300 degree water, which then goes into a mug. Uh, with with a tea bag in, the tiniest amount of milk is put into it, and then that's thrown down with the bag still in it, um, and then you have to consume this gut buster, gut buster breakfast. And, oh, I mean it's enjoyable for the first half. Second half, you you're really just focused and focused on finishing it because you don't want to like, you don't want to leave. I mean it's an insult, isn't it? To, you know to to leave it so you're like all you can think about really is finishing it you're starting to sweat a little bit the napkins are substandard very thin you're trying to mop your brow with the napkins it's just sort of like it's sort of disintegrating on your brow and then you've got the beans are in your beard and there's a little bit of egg it's got right the top of your tash and that's still not coming off and it's just you've just got disintegrated napkin all over you but you get there you finish it you finish the gut buster by this point you're your tea is at about 150 degrees so you can blow on that a little bit try and try and get that down to a manageable level after you finish your tea you're fucking done man you're not going anywhere you got a copy of the daily star copy of the daily sport you can indulge in those for it's going to be another four or five hours really until the gut buster actually passes far enough you know through the gut you eat even to be able to move again um and you might you might get treated to um listening to the geezer who runs it argue with his mother who's the griddle chef you know they have a bit of a tear up you don't know what it's about but you can tell they're fiery passionate people I, I, i've gone off on a off track a little bit here clearly but the point remains geezers in hoodrich hoodies and Hoodrich Tracky Bees, I believe, could keep a coffee shop open longer uh, than than the anarcho communists. Um, and really, that's the moral of the story. I think it's uh, oh wow, Stins posted some nice uh, Hoodrich gear in the in the Discord. That's um, yeah, if you want to make yourself look like uh, Sub Zero at a Mortal Kombat, that is that's decent. Yeah, right. That's enough of. Uh, Enough of the anarchist cafe. Bless them, though. You know, I wish them well. Uh, a few other bits. Yeah, so actually talking... To, we might as well stay on top. Pfft, I, I guess this might... Where have they gone? Would you please come back? Where are they? Come on. There we go. Um, talking of unusual lifestyles, I guess this... I guess... <laughs> Don't know. I, I don't know where on the political compass these two fall. Now, first encountered them on Ranking Radio back in the Trickstar days, which is going back, I would say, around six years. No. Yeah. Yeah. Six years-ish. Six, seven years. Um, God. Six years. Um, R.I.P. Trickstar, by the way. Trickstar is now defunct. Um, uh, press F to pay respects. Um, R.I.P. Bugatti. Um, now, these, uh, this family, they were originally there, I believe they're on um, This Morning or Good Morning Britain. Uh, their shtick um, was that they're homeschooling the kids and they uh, just sort of a bit sort of hands off they're a bit dippy 
Um, they were anti-vaxxers before it was cool. Um, they, they, they don't use the NHS. I don't use the sort of schools. They're not like teaching them to read and write. They're just sort of letting the kids fuck about. Uh, kids called Ulysses. Uh, that's a problem. Um, another one's called uh, Ostara. They're from Brighton. They live around. They used to live around the corner from me. And they oh, they hit the headlines because they were trying to raise. They had a crowdfunder, a Kickstarter to raise money for them to move to Puerto Rico so they could live off grid. Um, and write a book, a book called Free Range Kids, um, which sounds like the sort of thing that Prince Andrew might write. Um, but so a few things, few things went wrong with it. Um, one, the Kickstarter went viral um, for all the wrong reasons. Uh, they didn't raise any money, but they did get a lot of, they did get a lot of hate. Um, but they went, they went on this morning, um, got a bit of chip. Um, they were like, what, you don't use the medical system? What if your kid's ill? And the mum was like, well, if they've got conjunctivitis, you just put a bit of breast milk in the eye. It's the right temperature and everything. Like, okay, well, so long as you don't encounter anything beyond conjunctivitis, I guess you'll be okay. Further on down the... Anyway, they didn't go to Puerto Rico. Um, one of the reasons, I guess, being the fact that actually to go to Puerto Rico, you need to have certain inoculations, uh, which obviously, being there from the anti-vax standpoint... They did not have. Uh, so a little short-sighted on their part. Then, a little bit further down the line, they're back. They're, and they've invited Stacey Dooley round for the weekend. Uh, kids are a little bit older now. Um, Stacey Dooley, she did a, a series where basically she goes and stays. People invite her into their house, open their doors to her, are very nice and welcoming, and then she's very rude to them in their own homes. She sort of gives them a bit of jip about their lifestyle um she sort of tries to do a sort of little gotcha thing over dinner generally behaves very very badly particularly someone who um you know very publicly uh, cheated on their partner and uh, as you know and was sort of uh, essentially d- disgraced uh, tv presenter stacy dooley goes and harasses people in their own homes after being politely invited in um so it was on a bizarre television channel that perhaps you can get on free view i don't know I watched a few of them um everyone very very nice to her duly very obnoxious perhaps the um you know perhaps the whole affair thing really really got to her you know you know but it's not always just it's not always just the person who's been cheated on that suffers you know sometimes the person who does the cheating can suffer as well you know you know it's not always healing for the person doing the cheating as uh will smith's bald-headed wife uh, said how that she said that shagging what was it a basketball player a friend of her son's that it was very healing for her to have sex with someone that was not her husband for healing um nevertheless um towards the end of the uh stay with dooley's stay um the the oldest, who I think was about seven or something, he got a bit fed up with not being able to read, um, because it you know means you're sort of not as able to sort of engage with the world uh, as those that can. Uh, so he'd taken to from the looks of things, teaching himself to read uh, with the aid of an iPad. Uh, so good for him. Ulysses now twelve. God, that Dooley documentary was a while ago. Then Christ. Nevertheless, we have an update on these folks now. Uh, two parents are letting their kids decide whether if they want to learn uh, how to read or write. A British couple has opened up about this. This, uh, this would not surprise me if this is outrageously dated, um, but we'll um, we'll give it a go. A British couple has opened up about how they're consciously unschooling their three children and are giving them the power to choose if uh, or when. Uh, they learn to read and write. Uh, in Matt and Adele Allen's Brighton home, it's their three children who rule the roost. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, very, very serious uh, tooth-to-gum ratio issues. Uh, and I'm just going to say it, not a lot of top lips going around. So you can make of that 
make of that what you will. Uh, it's up to Ulysses, 12, Ostara, 8, and Kai, 4, when or if they get an education. Adele, 39, revealed that she and her husband believe in child autonomy, a parenting style that she reckons gives her kids a strong sense of self-identity. She said Ulysses learned to read and write at 10. Thing is, yeah, that's just called being a Steiner kid, isn't it? That's just going to a Steiner school. You spend the first, you know, normal, when did you go to school? Four? So from the age four to six at a Steiner school, you stick leaves up your bum. You stick leaves up your bum, you sing songs, dance around a bit, put a bit of mud on your face, ten rolls round, get some fucking book learning in. Get Cat in the Hat out, you know, I don't know, Ant and B, bit of Harry McClary, Harry McClary and Zachary Quack. Pittery paddery zippity zippity zip round the corner comes Zachary Quack. You know? Get it done. Before you know it, you're on to War and Peace. Before you know it, at the start of school, straight straight into Marxism. You know, you 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 you, you come off Harry McClary, you bypass Slinky Malinky, see you later, Scarface Claw, it's straight to the Communist Manifesto, and then further down, you know, uh, you know, the J- the you know, the J the JQ. Anyway, we don't use the education system. Instead, we unschool our kids. The stay the stay at home mum said, "We believe in child autonomy and enabling kids to take governance over their life, making their own choices, and to decide what goes on in their life rather than dictating to them." But despite their free lifestyle, that doesn't mean the kids have no guidance from adults in their lives. It's just about involving them in decisions, Adele explained. Kids go to bed when they like, wake up when they like, as we don't like alarms, and we don't have to set meal times. She added, we just make food when they're hungry. And as they get older, they make food themselves. Additionally, the kids don't have any chores or responsibilities to help around the house. Um, the stay-at-home mum then claimed she breastfed each of her children until the age of three in order to give them a good, healthy foundation for life. Yeah. That'll give them a good foundation for life. Being breastfed until you're three. Lovely bitty. Uh, but it hasn't all been smooth sailing. The family often finds themselves the subject of cruel comments as people tend to confuse their approach with permissive parenting where there are no boundaries or guidance at all. People call us lazy, which just makes us laugh because our parenting style is the opposite of lazy. We're taking full responsibility for their development. People also think we're being cruel to the kids because we don't use the healthcare system or believe in vaccinations. Well, vaccinations did help us eradicate smallpox, so there is something to be said for that. Oh, I thought that was, um, um, that was, sorry, some, just some editorial from that Bible. Um, anyway, Adele and her family intend to continue using the you do you approach. Uh, let's hope they don't all wind up illiterate. Okay, well, the you disease did learn to read at 10 listen i'm i'm confident the kids will all learn to read i think they'll i think that i think they'll be all right i think that you know what i think they'll just end up being a bit weird i think they'll be fine um i'm guessing i'm guessing there's i'm guessing there's a little bit of generational wealth here because i don't think either of them work and like i live in brighton it's real fucking expensive here. You, if you don't work and you got hard to hard to make the child support for three quid, three kids go round. I would guess, you know, with cost of living in Brighton, rent, all of this. Also, I don't reckon they're. I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if they're actually not taking any money from the state. They're not prepared to use the healthcare system because he did. He said. They said, I'm on their side now, and I've become inexplicably drunk. Listen, they fucking said, yeah, they said, they don't use the healthcare system, and he doesn't want to pay any tax. He doesn't use the healthcare system. Uh, just because it's fucking, it's somebody is it? It's something they don't have to. It's somebody is it? I tell you what. If one of those kids gets hit by a bus, they'll be straight down A and E. No, no way will they be going home to put breast milk on it. They will be headed straight to A and E. 
without a second's thought. You know, it's I, it's all fun and games until something serious happens. Well, all of these things, you know, it's it's all fun and games until someone gets hit by a bus, until a tax man is knocking at your door, or until or until the bailiffs come round. You know, it's all a big fucking hooter nanny. You know, or teach the kids to read when they're fifteen. Kids will be kids, yada yada. You know, when they're sh- when they're strung out on meow meow, stood behind a pair of CDJs at a dubstep club, then where will you be? You know, if at nineteen, one of these children, Ulysses perhaps. <sighs> is stood behind a microphone at an open mic comedy night at Bar Broadway in Brighton. Yeah? No one will be laughing then. Okay? Hold on, that's... (laughs) That's a weird rehash of that gag. Who was the... who, Who was that? Christ. He died recently, didn't he? I'm trying to... Oh... I'm going to say Bob Hope. It wasn't Bob Hope. Des Lyman. One of these old ones. Bruce Forsyth. Can't remember. The joke was, when when I told people I wanted to be a comedian, they laughed at me. Well, nobody's laughing now. And then obviously it's funny because he's a comedian. <sighs> Listen. The point is, it's not going to be long if you without proper education and proper boundaries before one of them's got themselves a crack copy of Ableton a couple of moody Masters packs and he's going to start making bass house he's going to start making bass line you know one of these Ostara she might want to start emceeing think of the shame that that would bring on any family you know Shame to have your 14-year-old daughter holding desires to to bless the mic at a baseline dance. The shame. The horror. You'll have wished she went into corporate law. You'll be you'll be begging for her to go into it to, to get a degree in insurance or something. To, to go beg for her to go to university and get a degree in economics no gender studies to get a degree in david beckham sad anyway so i listen all i'm saying the top lip thing is concerning the tooth to gum ratio not good um and i'm worried that these kids are going to grow up to be djs i really am you know it's just take it from me you know, the last thing I would want for my infant son, Teddy, is for him to be romping around provincial art centres in the north of England with a USB stick full of quote-unquote face-meltingly deep bangers. What a horror. What a horror. Come on, man. All right, listen. I'm going to come. few more bits. Ugh. Sorry. Oh, where are we? There's other stuff. There's other stuff. Uh, did I finish ragging on Dooley? I can't remember. Oh, well, anyway, fucker. Um, sex therapist explains what, what men should do if they're struggling with erectile dysfunction. Uh, go on then. Sex therapist Chantal Otten has revealed what you should do if you can't get a bonk on. Uh, during an episode of the Audible Original Sex Therapy Podcast, Otten gave some pearls of wisdom to a man in his 20s, struggling to keep it up during in- intercourse. I don't know what it's going to say, but my uh, my advice is stop watching porn 24 hours a day. What do you think you're doing? If you're, if you're wrenching that poor little thing seven times a day to... God knows what, to God knows what insanity. How 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 is a real person going to keep up? 
The unnamed man disclosed that he suspects he suffers from performance anxiety. While it doesn't happen all the time, it happens frequently enough for him to cause him grief. God bless him. He even tried to snag a bottle of Viagra, but to his dismay, he was still unable to get hard, seems unlikely. Uh, he added that he could get hard during foreplay, but he would lose his boner right before sex. Um, then when you try to put it in, it just sort of misses. You go, oh, it will go in this, uh, and it just, oh, it just ducks out of the way. Come on, in you get a hand. Right, come on, actually, we'll take a little rather hand. Part of being a penis owner, pardon. Um, t- t- sorry, sorry, pardon. Um, please tell me that's not the new progressive term, is it? Uh, what we're we doing, people that menstruate and penis owners. <laughs> uh, part of being a penis owner is accepting that sometimes you will lose your erection and sometimes you will come early. I'm gonna come. Um, so if you meet someone and you develop a good repertoire with them, you might be able to maintain your erection the first time, and then from there on, uh, you'll stop stressing, and you go, this gonna be great. Let's total enjoy ourselves. She continued. But that doesn't happen. There's a real elements of, element of performance anxiety that you'll start to stress about. This is the, the most, like, where'd you get this advice from? Chat GPT? Like, I... <sighs> Let's find out, okay? I bet you ChatGPT will probably actually come up with better advice than that. Um, I am struggling to get... Uh, to uh, Sorry, to sustain. To sustain. Uh, sustain an action while having sex with um, a... Um, a quote-unquote person that menstruates. Um, um, do you got any got any pro tips? Uh, do you have any tips to help a brother, quote-unquote, a penis owner out? Thanks, bro. Want to assume the gender of ChatGPT, but we'll do it anyway. I okay, fine. Yep, okay. It's uh, spat out almost exactly what this quote-unquote sex therapist uh, said. I'm here to provide information and support, but it's important to note that I am an AI language model and not a healthcare professional. If you're experiencing difficulty with sustaining an erection, it may be helpful to consult a medical doctor or a qualified healthcare provider who can provide personalised advice. Mm-hmm. Based on your specific situation. That being said, woohoo! And they're off. There are several potential factors that can contribute to difficulties with maintaining an erection during sex. It's important to remember that sexual health is influenced by various physical, psychological, and relational factors. Here are a few general tips that might be helpful. Communication. Open and honest communication with your partner about your concerns and feelings can help reduce anxiety and create a more relaxed environment. Foreplay and arousal. Engage in plenty of foreplay to increase arousal and enhance the overall sexual experience. Experiment with different techniques and activities to find out what works best for you and your partner. Reduce stress. Stress and anxiety can have a negative impact on sexual performance. Find healthy ways to manage stress, such as exercise relaxation relaxation techniques and engaging in activities you enjoy. Like sex, which you can't do because you can't get a boner. Healthy lifestyle. Maintaining a healthy lifestyle can contribute to better sexual health. Regular exercise, a balanced diet, adequate sleep, and avoiding excessive alcohol consumption and smoking can all positively affect erectile function. Seek professional help. If the issue persists, go and see a fucking quack. (sighs) Remember, everyone's experiences and needs are unique. So what works for one person may not work for another. Seeking professional advice will provide you with personalised guidance based on your specific circumstances. Yeah. Um, I would say, on balance, ChatGPT's help, more helpful. 
than the quote-unquote sex therapist. Uh, the man shared that he'd developed social anxiety due to his erectile dysfunction disorder. I think that I'm a little sexually awkward internally. Uh, specifically, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, she said mixing in lots of kissing and snuggling to form a deeper connection. Yeah. Well, listen, if you... Um, you know. If you follow, if you form a decent relationship with a woman, then you'll be more comfortable in her presence. I'm not so fucking intimidated by the mad cow. Because you know women and that. They can be quite scary to a young boy. You can look at them and think, Oh God. <laughs> Would you look at that? She's gorgeous, but... Christ almighty, she's terrifying. She could destroy my life in a single tweet. She could... It would only take one Facebook post for her to completely ruin me. Either. That would be terrible. I hope I get... I hope I get the biggest boner she's ever seen. I'm sure after that, she'll not throw me to the wolves of social media. Oh, shite. I've gone a big floppy one. Oh, shite. Yeah. That is pretty much, I think, the conversation all fellas have in their heads uh, before before intercourse. Um, but for some men, uh, the horniness prevails, uh, basically. So it's, it's really a battle between uh, your own insecurities and your own horniness. Or, to be honest, listen, let's be honest here. All sex is just a battle between your own insecurities and your own horniness. And they get in there and they fucking fight it out until the end of an erection. How, you know, how short or long that may be, you know? You deal with it all in there while you're in or out of the lady, you know? Or, uh, sorry, the... Sorry, I'm being very uh, bigoted here. Sorry, the uh, the menstruating person. Person of menstruation. As a you know, okay, sorry, it's hard. This is hard work. As a penis owner, when you take part in the act with the person of menstruation, it's a bit. That is not very inclusive to people who have gone through the menopause, is it? Or kids, I guess. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, this is yeah. This is the safe space, guys. Um, listen, where was I? Just look, I'm sorry, but this is the pro- this is the problem with overly, you know, politically correct, progressive uh, terminology and language. Is it sort of it throws you off your game, right? You're trying to get you're trying to get a solid fucking better word down there, yeah. And if you're struggling with pronouns as you're trying to enter the person of uh, whoever, yeah, whoever, your, your recent smash piece, yeah, if you're worrying about, you know, if you're worried about pronouns or whatever the right thing there, then no one, no wonder, pe- no wonder people's dicks are getting soft. You know, it's too much to think about. Just turn the bloody lights off shut up about it and and get the horrible business out of the way yeah it perhaps we should just go back to sex purely for procreation you know you know if you're gay you can just play chess or something i don't know do each other's tax returns hold hands kiss but for god's sake you know just but play another game of chess Get good at it. Improve your chess score. It's my advice. You know, in a, in a new sex-free utopia. Christ. How long have we got left? Penis keepers. A very, yeah, uh, the keeper of the pain. X-Factor legend Wagner opens Zero Limits OnlyFans account. Right, guys. 
I know how we're spending the Patreon money this month. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to see an old guy's erection? X Factor legend Wagner is opening a zero limit. I mean, hopefully it will be limited by the bounds of English common law. I mean, he's not going to be. I mean, he's not going to, you know, you know, you know, you know, right? He's not, is he? I mean, so everyone has his price. Uh, Wagner, uh, so X Factor Legend Wagner opens a, a zero limit OnlyFans account yesterday, 13th of May. He plans to rake five figures into his account. Uh, Wagner uh, launched his OnlyFans account with a view to earn millions of pounds by selling his X-rated content online. Um, the 67-year-old Brazilian icon uh, revealed his intention to adopt the moniker Daddy Wagner. Of course, on, an ad- on the adult platform uh, where his handle will be Wagner X Factor. <laughs> ah! Okay, yeah, they've showed us a few shots of it um uh, referencing to the new image uh, uh, re- referencing to the new images that he uploaded of him dancing naked online he told the daily star i've missed my fans so much and these days this seems like the best way to keep in touch with them and for them to give me cash where i live the women are walking around with their boobs out and the men walk around some beaches with their cocks out and there's nothing to be bloody ashamed of what is shameful is covering up the human body and not giving me cash. The former PE teacher has established a subscription fee of $9.99 per month on the adult platform, which, uh, with customised content available at varying prices, depending on the specific requests. He's stating that he is ready, quote-unquote, ready to take, quote-unquote, wild requests from his followers and that nothing will be off-limits on his channel. <clears throat> okay. Uh, speaking about the freedom to post any content whilst mixing with a dose of music, he said, OnlyFans is going to be a far better way for me to connect with people all over the world. All that political correctness doesn't apply there either. I can do what I want. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the king of my own tiny kingdom. Honestly. Send me some money, I'll put anything you want in my ass. And I'll be singing new versions of songs. No, don't do that. With much more interesting lyrics, I'll be using the N-word. Oh, Christ, no. Wagner. Uh, I'm going to stick a copy of Mein Kampf up my ass. Wow. Wagner, please, enough. I've got a version of She Bangs that will be on there. But I'm not saying she bangs in it it's something else you'll have to go there to hear it that's that's gonna be i'm going to be the human quote-unquote sex bomb and my fans are in for a real treat i'm gonna kill myself on only fans if i get enough money i'm gonna put on a bomb vest and when my subscriptions reach reach one million dollars a year i'm gonna pull the fucking ripcord and say goodbye to all you motherfuckers great vlad bible to cover this Every morning I will post something new, and my goal is to make your day every single day. You might even be lucky enough to see my bongos. You might even be lucky enough to see my bright brains splattered across the across across the walls of my bed set. Wow. Takes all you know, takes all sorts, doesn't it? That's the queerest folk. Crikey. Um, I'll chip in for that. Was this a Wagner sort of red room experience? Yeah, what's it? Not ten bucks. I think I could. I'll put my po- put my hand in my pocket for ten bucks. You know, it's piece of his piece of history, isn't it? So, you know. Oh, tell you what. Have you seen that? Seen that video of that Russian geezer getting sucked into the lathe in the factory? Oh. Oh, mama. You got that one the other day. Bloody hell. He just explodes. Literally, he's just... One second he's there, next second he's not. It... Pah. Wow. Wild. I mean... 
well, if you will, put your arm in a lathe. Yeah, big old lathe. Wow. Um, listen, guys, pretty much end of the show now, really. Um, shout out to the Patreons, to the Pat- Patreons. Um, little, uh, uh, little Patreons. Shout out to Alex Kootenay, Junglist Movement, Bobo, Bobo, Bo, Del Holland, Oddfrey the First, Max Morale, Josh Mayers, Tom Frost, Mr. Merck, Jack, Joe Lewis, Ollie Watt, Adam Payne, Ed Smart, Alistair Michael, Jen Spencer, John Forsyth, Anderton, for played, Gordon Price, Hodge, Lupe Salazar, Nick Brock, Hendo Bartendo, Chode Ryder, Martin Wick, Alex Wilson, Joel Potter, Matty Tompkins, Paulie Hutton, Kieran Arn, Reese Mosson. If you would like to get your name on that list, and if you would like an extra episode every week, uh, and access to the last... I feel like we're at 10. I think there's like 10 bonus episodes up now of this from this season. Um, good ones as well. Um uh, there was a last last episode. Uh, Sweet Johnny was on. We had an up, update of the Somerset Gimp, uh, who you may remember from yesteryear. Um, that damn god, that goddamn Gimp, who was terror- terrorizing Somerset villages. They caught him. Uh, so, uh, so there's an update on that. Uh, I rant even more about my theories of David Attenborough being involved in 9/11 and various other unsavory activities. Wouldn't want to miss that, would you? <clears throat> so, what do we have? Oh, sorry, guys. We've got, we've got three minutes and 28 seconds left. Oh, dear. Um, what else do we have? My golly. My gosh. Listen. Oh, dear. Oh, no, 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 no. Woman says she put part of her knee into spaghetti and fed it to herself and partner after surgery. Uh, and for extra fun, she's good looking. Um, see, this seems like the sort of thing that a, some sort of humanoid kind of bugalug uh, would do. Uh, but no, um, this may. I'd eat it. Uh, if you're of a nervous disposition, this one's not for you. Uh, okay, that's enough of the uh, editorialising. Um, uh, what on earth is going on here? I'm all up for trying new things, exotic delicacies, strange flavour combinations, whatever, but there really is a limit, and that one is eating parts of your own body. Uh, now, it's nothing new for mums and dads to eat the placenta following the birth of their child. Hell, Tom Cruise was into it back in the day. Speaking in the mid-noughties, the Hollywood legend said he thought it was a great idea. Yada, 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 yada. I'm going to eat the presenter, Maverick told the outlet. Uh, very nutritious. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. However, celebrity endorsement aside, one influencer went a step further when she decided to eat part of her knee and feed it to her boyfriend. Yikes. Uh, let's see. Show us. Paula Gonu recently underwent surgery on her leg, during which she decided to have a local anaesthetic and stay awake so that she could chat to the surgeon about what he was doing. Speaking on the Club 113 podcast, the 30-year-old then revealed that after the surgery, the doctor asked if she wanted to keep a bit of cartilage. Paula said, I told him, yes. And he put what he removed in a small container, uh, like those used for urine samples. Um, He put it in alcohol so it would stay that way for as long as I wanted. A week later, I was with my partner at the time, having a jokey conversation. I told him I wanted to eat it, because it was part of me, and I had to put it back in my body. Uh, Paula then went on to explain that she had a bolognese sauce, uh, which she later, later added the piece of cartilage and served it to her partner. I wanted to be able to say in my head that I've eaten a piece of my own meniscus, she recalled. <laughs> she sounds like a hoot. Uh, justifying, uh, obviously, if she was ugly, I, you know, it, w- it wouldn't be any fun at all. She would be a complete rotter. Um, justifying her bizarre addition uh, to what was most likely a lovely pasta dish, Paula claimed that loads of people eat all sorts of bones of different parts of animals, so why not eat parts of yourself? Um, sure. Um, <coughs> I bet you're looking at your partner's pins now and imagining what wonders you could rustle up in the kitchen. Aren't you? Thanks, Dominic Smithers. Great to know you're still with Lab Bible. 
And great to know that I'm still here having a pop. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Patreons, I'll see you Friday. Everyone else, become a patron. Uh, Otherwise, I'll see you um, next week. I love you. Goodbye.